So we have a March 8th event. Yeah. I was, uh, we, we got a bit worried, didn't we, that it wasn't going to happen. I was convinced they weren't going to do it. I, I, I'd kind of... Because originally, before everything that's going on in the world happened, I'd kind of earmarked next week to be really busy. And then when stuff started happening in the world, I thought, well, maybe they're going to postpone it. So I've got a, a bit of an easier uh, week next week. And then, no, it turns out they're, they're going to do it. They're going to shower us with products. Or not. Who knows? Well, the analysts, your Mark Germans and so forth, have sort of set the expectation that uh, this year is going to be as packed with new stuff as last year. And there was a lot of a lot of new stuff last year. So I'm quite excited. Yeah, I am. I think I, I, I still don't know what to expect from it at all. It's, it's one of these events. I think the spring event's always a little bit like this because it's not as always it's not always as firm in terms of what they they announce um, as things like the, you know, the obviously the iPhone event, etc. But um, yeah, I, and I, I'm not convinced the invite gives us a huge number of clues. I think there's a couple of things you can probably draw from it. I wrote a bit about this this morning. I know you've got your own thoughts, Rob. What, what do you think about this um, kind of glowing sort of you know? AR type Apple thing. Um, well, I mean, the, the the AR invites have been a thing for a little while, haven't they? Mm. There have been several where you can bring up the like the, the the springy one last year that had an AR and that was quite fun. But I think just the actual look of the Apple, the fact that you say so you've got this two two dimensional apple graphic on the invite that has some depth it's like a, it looks like a like an infinity mirror kind of effect and i think that might suggest that maybe they've made some big moves in ar possibly because they've been going on about ar for years and they it's, it's, it's tim's favorite thing tim every, loves every shareholder call he's going on about how ar is the future and all we've seen of it to date was that like virtual lego on a desktop do you remember that i do yeah and and like you say their event invites which are really cool are really fun to play around with but yeah or, or previewing ikea furniture in your house yeah that's you've ever tried that on the ikea app i have and it's really cool but we've i think like i mentioned this morning on the blog we've, we've kind of survived until now without doing that um yeah, I agree with you. I think it does look, there's something AR-ish about this. I mean, as always with these invites, it could mean absolutely nothing. And obviously the designers at Apple are just sitting there, you know, sipping whiskey and having a good laugh at us lot, trying to work out what it means. I think there's always an element of that. Um, but there is, I think like you pointed out actually uh, yesterday, that they have, there has genuinely been links in the past to something that happens at the event or a certain product they, they launch. Um, and I think if anything with this one, I think that I kind of agree with you. I think there's something AR based about about this Apple logo. Well, the, like the, the spring loaded one, the, the you had the Apple logo was a sort of spring, and it had the L from the classic cursive script "Hello" from the original Macintosh demo. You know when the, when, hmm. the, when the Mac was first unveiled, and it. it, it you had the cursive script hello going across the screen. That sort of looped L was part of the spring yep. design, it turned out afterwards. So that's that's what I'm thinking. Well, what sort of Easter eggs are in this one? And there's a there's a curious echo 
isn't there? So one, the, the left-hand side of the Apple logo is curiously highlighted, mm. and then that, you know, is echoed into the 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 the, the depth. Well, you, and that shape yeah. is a little bit headset-like. Do you know what I That could when, be a, 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 the Apple headset. Do you see what I mean? So if you turn, turn your head, yeah, it kind of looks like a some sort of AR headset. Well, there are two things. So it could be it could look a little bit like a headset, or it could be a bit of a nod to the uh, uh, iBook G3. Yeah, which I prefer. That, I prefer that that nod to, to a headset personally. But um, I know what you mean. I wouldn't have thought that unless you'd mentioned it. I think it just looks quite nice. And, and again, going back to the the Apple designers, I do wonder if it, they just do this stuff because they're they're great designers and it looks nice. Mm. Um, you can there's probably a word for it, probably like a a term for this, but you can kind of see things, can't you, that, that don't exist. Um, well, it's, it's, I know what you mean. There there have previously been Easter eggs in that you know there has been a, you know a nod to something in them previously, and it might be the case this time, or it well, might they, not. I they did know. it with one of them, didn't they? I can't think which one it was. It was the um, was it to do with portrait mode? There was like a kind of bokeh type thing in the background. Um, there, there was something they did where the, the background of the of the invite was kind of blurred out and it had the kind of classic sort of uh, hexagonal um, circles that you get from from lens uh, bokeh. I remember them doing that and that did relate. It may not have been portrait mode, maybe, but it was something camera related. Um, so yeah, they do they do stuff like this, don't they? Um, but if we stick with AR for a minute, because I know we've spoken briefly about this on Discord and I think you know my feelings on it. And um, I, I can't really get excited about it at the minute at all. Part of the reason being, you, you just mentioned the headset thing. I think if you have to wear a headset, I know you've got to wear something. There's got to be something on your face to see AR, um, unless you're just using it on your phone or on your, on your iPad. But that's the inherent issue from my perspective. Um, no no one has sold AR to me yet. I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm missing or what Apple could do next week that's going to make me sit up and think, crikey, I need this. I get, I've got a slightly different perspective because I'm really into VR gaming. So I've got a PSVR, and as soon as PSVR 2 comes out, I'll be getting involved with that as well. It, it's something you, you, it's very difficult to articulate, and you just you need to experience it. It's, it is absolutely the next step for the way in which you interact with a computing device. And although it might seem strange at first wearing a headset, it'll just become normal. In the same way that anyone that's, you know, had to wear glasses, it was a bit strange at first. And then you just put your glasses on and it's no big deal. So the if you think about the transition from keyboard and mouse to a touch display, touch displays existed for a long time before they really were popularised and took off with the original iPhone. Udino. And at the time, everyone laughed at them, going, how can you have a productivity-focused device that doesn't have a physical keyboard? You're mad, or doesn't have a stylus. And now it kind of seems ridiculous to have a stylus on a, on a phone, unless you've got a very specific, you know, you want to use it as a note-taking device. Most, yeah, most of the time you just use your finger. I mean, you say you've got a note, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, S22, S22 Ultra. Whatever it's called, yeah. Um, and you've got it for the stylus and already you're like I think this is going to spend most of the time stashed away 
because most of the t- most of the things that I want to do most of the time, I can just use my finger. Mm. So if you imagine a future where you don't need to hold anything, you don't need to look at a screen, because all of your, your you are in your apps. So I, I think I on the Discord I posted a link to some Microsoft Hololens demonstrations. So Microsoft seven eight years ago introduced this thing called the Hololens, which is what they ter- they they called a, a mixed reality device, which is you know sort of part AR part VR, but it's essentially sort of to put the information that you want to see on physical services in the real world as you're walking around. So you could have, you know, a, a weather app on your fridge. So you walk into the kitchen, you look at the fridge and there is your, your weather app or you're in your office and you look at the wall and your calendar is on the wall. Or, you know, you could put a 300-inch TV on any flat surface in your house. Yep. So it's, it's, uh, it's the next leap in terms of being able to interact with and see your stuff, your digital stuff, uh, but sort of the manifested in in the real world. And again, it's one of those things I think you would have to see and experience to appreciate in the same way that you needed to see and experience a full, you know, a touch-first interface before it really made sense. Yeah, I think I agree with all that. I think what's a bit odd for me is the timing with this, though, with Apple, because typically they, they come in after a lot of other people have got it wrong or, or screwed it up, like they did with the iPhone, really. Yeah, the well, iPhone yeah, wasn't the first Google Glass. Yeah. Google tried to do it. They yeah. failed. Microsoft have tried to do it. They failed. And yeah, and so I think it's actually bang on. Bearing in mind, you know, where, where Microsoft have shown off stuff before. So Microsoft had the Microsoft band and the Microsoft Health platform. They had the fitness service on the Xbox. They has, they were trying to champion this one code base, multiple screens, you know, thing where you as a developer write your application and then it, you can run it on a desktop PC, a laptop, a tablet, a phone, a TV, whatever. Um, and they didn't they didn't manage to pull it off. Whereas you know, and then Apple swoop in now and you now have this situation where you buy an app and you can use it on your apple tv or your watch or your you know your phone and your tablet your mac um so i think it's actually about the right amount of time from where other companies have tried to do this and it hasn't taken off and in the meantime apple have figured out how to do it properly i I suspect yeah i suppose the only thing i'd say against that is that a hololens is like it was a long quite a while ago wasn't it relatively that's um, eight years ago yeah i didn't realize it was that long ago but um but it's, it wasn't particularly mainstream in terms of you know my mum wouldn't know what hololens was and i think probably the same thing with google glass to a degree i think we all know what it is because we're we're techie um they didn't have much of a they didn't make much of a route into the national conscious did they whereas i think if you think look at the iphone for instance before that people understood what smartphones were you know people had nokias and blackberries yeah, no, and things. No, they did and they actively disliked them that's true yeah but i don't think anyone actively dislikes well they do but on mass <laughs> actively dislikes hololens or uh, google glass I, it, it just, no, I, I i'd contest that i frequently have conversations with people who are like i don't understand that vr ar stuff i don't need like that. me <laughs> like you um and so yeah no so i've i've had you know older family members come around and try the psvr and 
it's absolutely blowing their minds. Mm. So I use the the uh, the spatial audio analogy. So augmented reality is to the eyes as spatial audio is to the ears. So you know that type you, you when when they announced spatial audio, we were like, don't like it, don't get it. But then when we saw when we've experienced it for movies in your living room and you've got a virtual surround sound theater it's it completely changes the game if you were to apply that to visual as well and so again because i've experienced something along these lines i guess that's why i find it easier to relate to but on, on psvr you can get uh you can create essentially like a virtual imax screen and you can just watch content on what mm. feels like because they're doing all of the the, the virtual reality you know, trickery to fool your brain into thinking that you're looking at this colossal screen, um, and that that has head tracked spatial audio, and it's very convincing. Mm. It's it, and so I can imagine applying that to everything I can see, and I think well, that's actually quite exciting. It is when you put it like that, definitely. I think spatial audio clearly is going to play a big role in this. There's a reason Apple's doing all this stuff, isn't it? And um, I just need convincing. I mean, Apple are very good at doing that, to be fair. If, if, if next week they are going to start talking seriously about AR and this this kind of rumoured reality OS, because um, someone noticed, I don't know if you've spotted this, but someone noticed on uh, Twitter, um, I can't think of who it was, but they, they spotted that the file that uh, Apple are using for that that uh, invite for the AR experience is a dot reality file, apparently, which I think they've used before, allegedly. Um, but there's lots of, you know, that sparked a lot of conversation about what does that relate to? Is yeah, that this reality OS thing? It's a, um, it's a slightly, a slightly different file format than they've used previously. Yeah. Which could mean anything. I don't really know how much you can read into that. No. But yeah, I'm, I don't think they'll show anything. I don't think we're going to see an Apple headset next week. I think it's too early for that. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. But then maybe they'll talk about it. Who knows? Um, we'll, we'll find out. The, the other option with this is obviously that the... Because the, the, the words that kind of accompany that, um, the invite, are peak performance. But peak, spelt P-E-E-K rather than P-E-A-K. Um, and either someone's made a horrendous hash up with the, with the copywriting or... It refers to looking forward to something, doesn't it? Which could be AR, or equally, it could be something to do with the Mac. Um, what do you think no, about I, that? I think it's literal. They're often they often are, like the California streaming. Yep, it was just an event that was streamed from California. They, you know, <laughs> I think they're quite you know they're, they they're quite pithy and literal. I think uh, so. I bearing you know in, in the the. The current round of iOS betas, Face ID will allow you to unlock whilst wearing a mask. And I think that's all it is. I think that the peak reference is literally just looking at something because they're going to launch iOS 15.4 where you can unlock your, your phone whilst wearing a mask using Face ID. And then the, the performance, as peak performance, I think the performance is just because they're going to spec bump everything. We're going to get a new iPhone SE with a, with a faster A chip and a new iPad Air, because that's getting a bit long in the tooth as well. That's far less exciting, Rob. I was expecting peak to mean looking at looking ahead to the Mac Pro or something. 
I don't think they'll do that, but a lot of people are saying, oh, that must mean we're going to see the next, um, you know, the next big, big Mac updates. Yeah, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that it's not the right audience for the for the pro the pro pro products they would uh, i mean but the the mac pro if they are going to transition that to apple silicon this year i think may they may do a, you know a special event focused on pros or it would feature in wwdc that's a more appropriate audience for that sort of product hmm. because your your like you say your, your nan isn't going to care about an Apple, Apple Silicon Mac Pro. And most of the people we know aren't going to care about, you don't care about an Apple Silicon Mac Pro because you're not no, going to get one, are you? I can't afford one, that's why. If I could, I'd, I'd love one. But um, no, not at all. Well, you, 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 you would get one for the sake of, just for the flex. I would, yeah. I'd oh. wear it like a backpack. <laughs> I wouldn't use it. I'd just strap it to my back and walk everywhere with it. Um, yeah, I, I think... I still think we're going to see the new MacBook Air. I think that's going to happen. Which again, if you look at the invite, there's different colours on there, which could relate to the the new colours on the iMac on the MacBook Air. Well, well, as as per the EEC database filing, there is one new model number that they have registered. Yeah. That is specifically marked out as a portable computing device. As you know, I'm of the opinion that the MacBook Air is more of a back to school autumn product rather than. A MacBook Air. What if it's? What if they're bringing back MacBook? The twelve-inch. Not no, not twelve-inch, but thirteen-inch, thirteen-inch okay. MacBook, as a slightly cheaper way into the the Mac ecosystem. So hear me out, right? The Air brand always used to be the next step up in a good, better, best lineup of products, and it still is for the iPad. You've got your regular iPad, which is good enough for most people most of the time. And you've got the iPad Air if you want something a bit fancier. I can envision a future, bearing in mind that there have been rumours about a 13-inch MacBook Pro refresh without the touch bar. I think it's actually a MacBook. So imagine this. You've got the MacBook, which comes in slightly cheaper than the existing M1 MacBook Air. And then later in the year, they introduced the M2 MacBook Air with a spec and price bump to fill the space of the old 13-inch M1 MacBook Pro. So what you've got then is a device that has, you know, last year's chip at a cheaper price. And they could sling all of their binned, you know, seven-core GPU chips into that. And then you get the... I don't know what's the word I'm looking for the the, the non-binned you know the, the the ones that meet yeah the the, 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 ones the perfect chips go into the MacBook Air and what what that be make for quite an interesting choice uh, for for consumers because you can say well okay can I live without whatever cool new stuff because they might have the you know the new style display with a notch and very MagSafe in the MacBook Air but the just the regular MacBook would essentially be, you know, serve, serve the function that the existing MacBook Air does, but at a lower price point. So you say, well, look, let's say it's eight, eight, $900, $800, $900. 800, so you could, as a consumer, go, well, that's good enough. That'll do. That's going to meet all my requirements. Yeah, it's got last year's M1, but so what? Or Apple will tempt you to spend $1,100, $1,200 on or you know, twelve thirteen. It's already eleven hundred dollars, isn't it? You know, so maybe twelve thirteen hundred dollars for the M two that's got all the bells and whistles. 
So it, it, as, a, as a product lineup, it would make more sense because you've got good, better, best. If you want best, then you get the, the 14 or 16-inch MacBook Pro with the M1 Pro or the M1 Max. Um, and then at the, at, at the bottom of the range, you just have, with the, with the colors, as you point out, the, you know, a nice range of perfectly serviceable, not too fancy, decent computers for most people at a slightly cheaper price point. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. But I think the thing is, the, the MacBook Air is that already, isn't it? It's, um, albeit with a with much more impressive internals with the M1. But I, th- I think that would make total sense if Apple don't mind going below that 999 price tag of the, the low end or the, you know, the, the bottom of the range MacBook Air at the moment. It would have to be about 800 quid, I think. Well, well there are all sorts of rumours about the uh, SE3 being even cheaper than it already is yeah which i can well, as in the phone the, the iphone yeah which i can kind of believe with that i think it's just i i don't know if i'll live to see the day when apple goes below that 999 for mac for a mac i don't think they've ever done that have they because the original macbook the 12 inch version that was that was 1100 quid 1100 dollars or something wasn't it well the, the poly the unibody polycarbonate white macbooks they were five or six hundred quid when they came out i mean that was 15 years ago i suppose relatively yeah but um i mean it wouldn't stop them from doing i i I agree i think it would it would be it would be lovely to have that kind of like you say that kind of really simple does it all but isn't too fancy macbook but it would have to be about 800 pounds 800 800 dollars i think so i mean it would do Um, it would serve the education market yep you know so students or people that just don't need the you know that that have got into the apple ecosystem perhaps they've got a a phone and then they got a watch and maybe they've got an apple tv but Mm. they haven't quite you know been drawn away from their their windows laptop but they want to get involved and a thousand dollars a thousand pounds is maybe a stretch too far yeah, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, but so, but I, you might think, well, would they do that? Would they? Would they release a product that is, you know, below that point? But the the fact, the truth is that they know that most people would actually go for the more expensive. It's a. It's a. It's a well, you know. There's a phrase for that, isn't there? In sales, it's, there is a phrase for that for sales, but I, I don't know what it is. But the, but it's there, and some people will buy it, and people will be happy with it, and it'll it'll be fine. But people will want to go for that better, the middle option. It's like the dummy product, isn't it? It's a it's a red yeah. herring. It just gets you in, and you think, ah, actually, I'll get the I'll get the better one. So yeah. I think so. Even even though it might seem like madness to introduce a cheaper product, I think it would actually result in more revenue because you're actually getting an extra hundred dollars on all the MacBook Airs that people were always going to buy anyway. True. Possibly. Who knows? That, 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 I'd love that. I think that's a great idea. I hadn't even thought about that, to be honest. The reason I hadn't thought about that is because there's, there's more rumours surrounding this kind of base-level 13-inch MacBook Pro replacement. Yeah, and I, that's why I think they've got that wrong. I, I well, think that, yes, there is a, there is a base 13-inch computer coming, which, which may or may not look a lot like uh, the, the current 13-inch MacBook Pro with the touch bar, but without the touch bar. But that would fit very neatly into the SE style. You use an old chassis, you use an old chip, and true. you sell it at a discount. That is true. Yeah. Think of it as you know, MacBook Pro SE. <laughs> I always yeah, think that, that, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. It's, uh, it's yeah. complete speculation, but I just I think it just kind of makes sense in my head. 
It does. It makes you realise you wouldn't want to be the people in charge of making these decisions at Apple because there's so many different routes you can go down, isn't there? I, I, obviously, they've got all the, the numbers and, and figures to hand in terms of sales units and stuff, so that, that that will drive a lot of these decisions. But it's yeah, it never fails to amaze me. And what Apple normally do, we, we spend all this time kind of trying to work it out, and they do the simplest thing possible which you, you watch them do it and you think, well, obviously. And sometimes it's disappointing. Other times it's like, oh, yeah, that didn't think of that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating, that one, I think. Um, the the iPhone will be, I think, although it doesn't sound particularly interesting, I think what, what they do with the with the SE is going to be interesting if they do that thing with the price. If they drop the price even further, that's going to be really interesting. And I think they should because I've been playing around with a few budget um, Android phones recently and they're brilliant. They're really, really good phones. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. Well, I think we've got past the point now where a cheap Android phone is just terrible. Uh, there are terrible, obviously, examples of them out there. But the ones I've got my hands on recently, that you know, the Motos and stuff like that, they're great phones. Um, and in some ways, they beat the iPhone. You know, they they have um, higher refresh rate screens for for less money, uh, better batteries. Um, yeah, I think that iPhone SE. The problem with it, really, is the design. And it's that that's classic thing with Apple, isn't it? Where they, they'll stick solidly with an aging design to, to really maximise their their profits in on the supply chain and what have you. Um, but it does make the SE look pretty, pretty old, don't you think? It, it does. But it's also, an, you know, an iconic and instantly recognisable design that everyone knows how to use. So it's the phone, it is the phone for your nan. That's you true. want you want your nan to be in the Apple ecosystem so that you can iMessage her and you can you know do the new screen sharing and stuff that you can do on the iOS and just give her an altogether easier experience. And you know your nan is is probably going to get confused by Face ID when it doesn't recognise her face and so forth. Whereas Touch ID is pretty rock solid in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so. On the one hand, it's good that it's the same and it's familiar and they, you know, will hopefully keep sort of eroding the price to make it more accessible to more people. On the other hand, I wish that I, I, I would rather they kept the price the same and updated it to iPhone XR. Yep. What is in, ter- could, in terms of the, the form factor and the screen? Yeah. So the, the XR is basically the same, but it's got a... Does all you know? It's got a full screen. Full. For, it, it does away with the touch ID. Yeah, there's no reason they can't do that. Again, they've got that. That exists, doesn't it? They, they must have plenty of units they can they can chuck an SE into for that. So, yeah, because I mean they're, they're almost going to set. They're almost certainly going to stick five G in it because mm. we just five G all the things now. Um, and with a device that small and the battery, it's going to be woeful, isn't it? The battery life potentially. Yeah. I've not used the SE, but I know that's been a big complaint, hasn't it, of people that have got one. Um, but seeing what they've done with the you know, the Pro and the Pro Max and even the iPhone 13 mini, then maybe they've got some tricks up their sleeve for that. Possibly. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, so the, so the SE3, everyone reckons it's going to look like... In fact, there have been some leaks. I don't know if you've seen on the Twitters uh, some photos of the front glass, and it does look like it's going to be classic iPhone yeah. 8-shaped. Yeah, and old Gurman has been saying that they're possibly going to reduce the price, which would be quite cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would prefer it if they uh, if they kept the price the same and uh, refresh the design to sort of yeah XR era. Mm, yeah, that that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? 
So uh, and then uh, you know, as, as for the iPad Air, yeah, they, they're, they're going to five Gify that as well. But the, the the iPad Air doesn't do center stage, does it? No, it's still got a, a potato cam. Whereas you know, even the base iPad has got a twelve megapixel center stage capable front camera. Yep. So I think they'll yeah they'll put a newer chip in it, upgrade the camera, stick the five Gs in there. I wouldn't be surprised if you get maybe two cameras on it like the with a square camera bump mm. because it's compatible with the keyboard case i think you use an ipad air do, with yeah. the 11 inch magic keyboard yep. and it looks a bit weird having that little circle in the corner of the square cutout on yeah. the back of the keyboard so i wouldn't be surprised if they if we've because the ipad pro has got a square camera bump now and they, they i think we might see uh, a square camera bump on the ipad air i wonder if they give it promotion as well or if they're going to save that and keep it retained. No, that's a pro. pro. They'll Shit. save that for the pro, I think. The iPad Air is great, though. Superb iPad. Um, but yeah, I mean, they can't get too excited about that. But if, if people have been hanging around waiting to upgrade to, to the latest iPad Air, then hopefully next week we'll give them some good news. Um, yeah, anything else that you can think of? I, I wonder if they're going to launch the next AirPods Pro as well with this kind of um, rumoured wireless, lossless type stuff that we've talked about previously. Because it's, it's been a while. Yeah, I'd like hasn't to it? see it. Yeah, I'd like, yeah. Some, 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 yeah. Some, some lower ticket consumer products. Hmm. So maybe, maybe do something fun with HomePods, AirPods, that sort of thing. But again, the, the headphones is more of an autumn product, isn't it? It is normally, but who knows? They you know, all over the, place, that, that's they? the sort of that's your stocking filler for, for if you're very affluent. I would never buy someone AirPods Pro as a stocking filler because I'm not made of money. That's quite a filler, uh, isn't yeah, it? But it is. It's, it's the holiday season. Those kind of lower ticket items is more the, the an autumn thing, isn't it? I think so. But who knows? You know, supply chains are all over the place, aren't they? And well, we're going to get at least one desktop Mac. Cause again, we know from the EEC database yep. filings. Um, as you know, I'm of the opinion it's probably going to be a Mac Mini. I think, or you know, of some variants, maybe a high and low tier Mac Mini. And I, I don't think it's going to be the big iMac. No, I agree. I do think they're going to update the 24 inch iMac. So if that new MacBook, whatever it is, comes along, if there's an M2 chip of some description announced next week, then that will make its way into the 24 inch iMac as well. I think, uh, but I agree, the big one we won't see until later this year. I don't think we're going to see M2 yet either. They haven't finished the transition to M1 yet. And the M1 is still plenty fast enough. It's true, but it's um, but the M2 is going to be... Well, I suppose the M1, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think a lot of people are getting confused by the fact that, you know, what about the M1 Pro and M1 Max? How can the M2 be better than that? And Which isn't the point of the M2. It's a, it's more about single-core performance, isn't it, like the M1? But um, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see it next week. I really do. All right. All right well, we'll see. Nice we'll see what happens. Too. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, right, moving on to something completely un-Apple related. Um, a few things in my world. So, yeah, I've been using a Galaxy S22 slash Note slash whatever it is, Ultra, um, over the last couple of weeks. And I love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Really Will you pleased be, with it. Uh, joining the dark side long term, do you think? I don't know. I've got, it's, I'm in a bit of a strange uh, situation with phones at the minute. So I've got the S22 Ultra, the iPhone 13 mini, the uh, iPhone 13 Pro Max, which I'll come on to in a minute. Um, and before I started using the Pro Max for a bit, I, I, I had the obviously the iPhone 13 mini and the S22 Ultra. 
And actually, and I've seen a few people mention this in the comments of my, my MS-22 review, that it's quite a good combination. If you want to kind of straddle both platforms, um, rather than having two massive phones in your pocket, because having both of these, having the S22 Ultra and the 13 Pro Max, I walked to the studio this morning and it was really uncomfortable. I couldn't wait I to imagine. get in here and get them out of my pockets. Whereas having just one big phone in your pocket and then this tiny little iPhone 13 mini, um, it's a nice combo. And you get this kind of thing where you go from using that small screen of the iPhone 13 mini, which I love still, to this much more expansive um, you know, 6.8 inch uh, monster on the note and it's it's it's, not, it's a nice contrast because whenever you use either either screen it feels fresh if that makes sense it's a bit of a yeah. luxurious position to be in i know but that's um it's my job well, well you, you're also um you've also experienced 120 hertz yeah. variable refresh rate display on a large phone now well you were you were already quite pleased with the 144 hertz refresh on the G two roller, yeah, yeah, and but now you've got you know Retina Plus display because it's like fourteen forty p, isn't it? The uh, the horizontal resolution on the Ultra, yeah. yeah if you crank it, up they, to that. they are very. It's a very sharp display. It's the best smartphone display I've ever seen. The only thing it's missing is True Tone. True Tone, um, and the only, but the thing is, you only miss that if you put it side by side with a with an iPhone. It looks very blue in that situation, but. If you don't do that, which most people don't, um, it's just, yeah, incredibly sharp, incredibly bright um, in, in a good way, you know, in, in direct sunlight and stuff. Um, yeah. But the, what I was getting at is that you were, you were previously of the opinion that you were not fussed about high refresh rate uh, displays on phones. Mm. And now you kind of like, oh, it's quite good and it? It's quite nice. It is really. I think it's the size of the device that makes a big difference. So, for example, ProMotion on the 12.9 inch iPad looks fantastic um i'm not so fussed about it not being on the ipad mini doesn't make it makes a difference obviously if you go between the two but i don't miss it that much um funnily enough the iphone 13 mini i don't i'm not really fussed about that not having promotion going from a, a high refresh rate screen to the iphone 13 mini which is obviously obviously 60 hertz doesn't feel too bad you don't really notice it quite as much um weirdly the most i suppose uninteresting version of promotion is on the 16 inch macbook pro you just don't really notice it. Um, you do occasionally see it when, you, when you're doing things in on timelines on you know Logic Pro and, and Final Cut Pro and stuff, but it doesn't make much of a difference on, on the on the Mac, I don't think. Um, but yeah, on on these bigger phones, it's I I, I kind of yeah hold my hands up. I, I was wrong about it. It's um, it's genuinely impressive. Um, makes the phone feel a lot quicker. Um, looks lovely. It looks lovely on both the Ultra, but also the the 13 Pro Max. Um, yeah, I'm impressed. Whether or not I would go wholesale over to the world of Samsung, I don't know. There is there is this issue, obviously, with with the Ultra, the whole S2, S22 range, um, if you live in Europe and the UK and several other places, because we don't get the best chip. You know, We don't get the Snapdragon. We get the, the Exynos, if that's how you pronounce it, which is Samsung's own chip. I know nothing about either of these chips, but... Um, well, I mean, all, all you need to know is it's not as fast and the battery life isn't as good. Yeah. So you're, so you're paying top dollar for a version of a device where elsewhere in the world is faster and the battery lasts longer. It's kind of, it's, it's a bit annoying. It's not fair, is it? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, <clears throat> in reality, for someone like me who's not a, I'm not really a power user with, smart, with smartphones at all. I use them 
as phones, as smartphones, basically. Um, I don't do, th- do anything particularly fancy with them. Um, the S22 Ultra with the Exynos, which is obviously the one that I've got, it doesn't feel sluggish at all. There's occasionally you'll get it, it will judder a little bit and there'll be certain um, moments where you're coming out of apps or going into apps where it's a little bit, it takes a second to kind of kick into gear. But it's not particularly, it doesn't, it's not detrimental to to the user experience. Um, the battery life has been great. I've not had a, an issue with the battery life at all. Well, has it though, so relatively far. speaking, compared to that other <laughs> giant phone that you have? Uh, okay, well, so as an example then, so the S22 Ultra I charged last uh, yesterday, as in woke up yesterday morning, and it was 100%, that was at about 6am, took it off the charger. I've not charged it since, it's been off the charger since then, um, and we are now, where are we? The next day at 11.20 in the morning, and it's at 40%. So... That's, that's a good effort. It's not bad, is it? Um, bearing in mind, I'm not the most obvious or typical use case because I'm using different phones. You know, I'm using two different phones at the moment, but it's getting used a fair amount. You know, I'm not. I'm not ignoring it. It's being used. The iPhone 13 Pro Max, on the other hand, um, so it's Thursday at the minute. I charged it on Tuesday, so it left. Let me get this right. Yeah, so it left the charger on Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. And I've not turned it off since or not charged it since. I've done nothing with it since apart from just use it. And we are now two days later, 11.22 on the Thursday, and it's got 23% battery left. I mean, that's... That's... Nuts. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> when I first got it, I... Um, the, f- the first day that I had it, I genuinely thought there was a bug or something on the version of iOS that it had on it because it got to about 8 o'clock in the evening and it still had 83% battery left and I charged it. <laughs> It'd been on like, off the charger since 6am that day. I thought, that can't be right. I've never seen the battery thing that that full this late in the day on a phone that I've been using like, for most of the day. Um, it's I, d- I don't know what's in it. It's just... Incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely speechless about it. I, I'd heard a lot about it. You know, we've had people on Discord, haven't we? And I've seen reviews of, of um, other people saying how fantastic the Pro Max battery is. And even the 13 Pro, the regular Pro, is apparently very good. But I didn't realise quite how silly it is on the Pro Max. So will you get one, Rob? That's the, that's the question. I think, I think we're too far into the cycle now. I think I've... Because we're, you know, midway through the refresh cycle for iPhone. I think I can wait till September. But what if there's a new colour next week? What if they make uh, a, I don't a, know, purple, purple a purple iPhone 13 Pro Max? Well, yeah, if they bring out a purple one, then I'm in. You there? I'm not in. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it'll be enough of a, an upgrade over the 12 Pro that I have. I'm perfectly happy with my 12 Pro. I'd agree with that. It's a very big phone as well. It's a very big, heavy phone. It's heavier than the S22, I think. Um, I'm, I'm not at all concerned about this, the, the dimensions no. and the weight. Okay. Uh, I've got terrible eyesight, so I, I would genuinely benefit from that larger display on account of my stupid mole eyes. It would work well for them, trust me. But um, the, the colour's lovely as well. It's, I've got the, the blue... The blue version, which um, does look very nice in person, very very premium feeling. Even though I'm, like always, a... I'm always torn on whether or not to get the the uh, the special edition color because they change it every year, don't they? they so do. the, uh, the, that sort of green color with the uh, the 11 Pro and then with the 12s. I can't remember what the color was for the 12s. 
Wasn't that green? That green sort of colour? Was that? That was before? that was the eleven. Oh, sorry, green. that was eleven. Um, I can't remember. Was it? I can't remember either. But no, now you've got this lovely blue. It might be another different shade of blue, possibly. So, right. Darker shade. Oh yeah, it was a dark blue. Wasn't it's one it? that I, in fact, I've got it. <laughs> well, my girlfriend's using it now, but uh, yeah, it's like a dark. Yeah. That one was it. So that uh, yeah, got that nice light, that light blue. Yeah, but anyway, it's always it's a it's a decision to make, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you want to have the cool new different one, and then on the other, it's like as soon as the next year one comes out, then everyone's going to know you've got. Uh, You've got an phone. old phone, <clears throat> or the old phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You haven't you haven't spent money on yourself and got the new one. But um, no, it's so I'm, I'm going to spend a bit more time with these these phones, and uh, I'm going to do a, a bit more of a comparison between the, the Pro Max and the S22 Ultra next week for photography and stuff like that, and just general usability, really, because they're obviously they're very very similar phones, um, mm. minus the S Pen, obviously on the on the Pro Max. But so far, you're not massively convinced about using the S22 Ultra as a note-taking device. I think a lot of it is down to my awful handwriting. So I um, I spent quite a bit of time over the last couple of years trying to improve my handwriting. So um, and it's it works. Quite, I'm better now if I'm writing on a an iPad or yeah, piece of A4 paper. I can generally read my writing. I'm not quite as annoyed with it in that situation. But as soon as I got the S22 Ultra, and you have to do that kind of you know, policeman thing where you hold the, the notebook on one hand and start writing on it. I'm, I'd never really write like that. And whenever I have done that in the past, through necessity, it's just, a, I find it very awkward to write in that way. Um, and it, for me personally, it results in just very messy uh, handwritten notes, which don't look great. I know it's intended for just quick notes, quick, you know, shopping lists or thoughts that come into your head and stuff like that. And I, I quite like the idea of that, but I haven't really had a, an instance where I've needed to do it so far. I think there was once I was out somewhere at the weekend, I suddenly thought about something about the phone that I wanted to mention in the review. So I whipped out the pen and did that. But then I thought, well, actually, if I didn't have this with me, I'd just go into Apple Notes and jot it down in there. And it's no slower doing it that way. It's better in a way because you can read what you've what you've noted down. Um, so yeah, I'm going to reserve judgment. You know, I'm going to spend a lot, a, lot, a lot more time with this phone, but I'm not, I don't know. The S Pen seems a bit gimmicky for me. I, I, um, I've got into the habit of always dictating those shower thoughts to Siri. Mm. So, you know, when, when inspiration strikes, I just get that down into Siri. So, you know, just remind me, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll go into my inbox in the reminders app. And uh, yeah, so whether it's something that I need to remember to do at a specific time or date, or whether it's just a random thought that I want to capture, I've just got into the habit of uh, dictating it to Siri. I think that's probably come about since having kids and quite often having my arms full. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, so yeah, I don't know whether you want to get into training for that. I might have leverage to. voice assistant idea capture more frequently because yeah you but you it's all so it's one thing having terrible handwriting trying to use a large phablet as a notepad but yeah if you haven't got the use of your hands then that's a moot point isn't it you can use your mouth i suppose can you put the pen in your mouth and like um no i think i will do that with siri i think the problem with me me and siri i don't i still don't trust siri to get things right i worry that if i give give siri a note to to make note of it's going to be wrong. So when I go and look at it later, and I think, "What on earth was that?" Well, you can you can see, you know, I as know, you're saying true. it, she will 
type it out for you on the screen. She so will, but it's very easy to see if, it's, if, you, if she's got it wrong. True. Although occasionally I do this when I'm running, so I'll make a note or, or set a reminder, and it normally gets it slightly wrong. And I, I just don't have the confidence. But no, you're right. I think with a, with a little person on the way, I probably need to start doing getting into Siri note-taking, definitely. Um, in terms of note-taking, uh, the other thing I've been playing with quite a bit recently is the Remarkable 2 tablet. Yeah, so last time we spoke, you just got it and you were sort of reserving judgment. What's what's the verdict? So it's brilliant in terms of a, a note-taking device, a digital note-taking device. I, I don't. I think that the paper like on the iPad is brilliant. I love that. It's fantastic, but it can only do so good a job on a, on that on that screen on that on that display. Whereas obviously the paper like is built for this. You know, it's got a display that is built purely pretty much for writing on, um, and just the combination of that and the, the the kind of stylus that they've used or the tip they've used on their their marker which is their version of the Apple uh, Pencil. Um, it's just brilliant. It's one of those things where as soon as you get it out of the box and start using it, you kind of you can't help but go, wow, that's, that feels amazing. Um, so yeah, ve- a very satisfactory writing experience. The hardware's really good. You know, the battery lasts for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, hasn't got a backlight, which I thought was a bit odd, but then I did think, well, paper doesn't have a backlight either, so we'll let them off on that. Um it's really, in terms of what it's what it's built for, it's, I think, unbeatable, really. The problem with it is that it's ridiculously expensive. Um, and the more you look into it, the more it, more costly it gets, really. So I think the, the base price of the um, the tablet itself is 499 I think. Um, but you've got to add one of their markers to that. So that's either 70, I think, 70 pounds or... 120 quid or something for the for the other the kind of the version with the the, the eraser on the top of it um so yeah you kind of then into 500 pounds territory and then i mean you could stop there if you wanted to but the problem with that is that you don't get the full benefit of their syncing service so i think you get 50 days sync which means it will sync any uh, 100 days 100, oh, 100 days sorry okay 100 days where it will sync your notes to the remarkable app on your on your laptop um, and kind of that acts as a as a backup really for them for them as well, um, and also as part of that they call it the Connect service. Um, as part of the Connect service, you get integration with Dropbox, OneDrive, all that sort of stuff. But if you don't have that, after that period, you lose any notes um, from your computer that had synced, if, unless you've updated them. Um, which means all of your notes are just on that remarkable, and you can't get them off basically, and that acts as a there's, there's, there's no backup. There's just you've got this remarkable with all these old notes on it. If it dies, you lose all, all your old notes with it, um, and consequently, well, getting so things off it. Apart, difficult. So apart from that, so even even ongoing, even without the subscription, it will sync the most recent fifty notes or something, as you said. But it's only it? for fifty days, I think. Fifty days. Yeah. So anything that's been updated in the last fifty days will sync to your computer. So you've got your most recent 50 days worth of notes. It's not the end of the world. But that's not the biggest issue with the Remarkable because I was tempted when I heard about yours and you said good things about it. And I was like, okay, I might be interested in giving that a go. But then I looked at their terms and conditions. And if you don't take out their subscription, you don't have a warranty. Did you see my update on this? I did. So it's the, they're saying that, you know, you, you depending on where you live, Basically, they, they give you the absolute minimum by law in your local um, area, you know, your, your, wherever it is that you live. And so in the UK, I'm pretty sure that you do need to give a 12-month 
warranty. Where where you're falling back on the legal requirements, though, if it f- if you get a failure within the first six months, it, the onus is on the manufacturer to prove that the fault did not exist at the time it was delivered. Hmm. After six months, the onus is on you, the consumer. So I have a feeling that if you had a fault after six months, you would have a very difficult time getting a, a you know a repair refund replacement out of remarkable because they're not legally obligated to do it and as far as their terms and conditions are concerned if you haven't bought their subscription service they don't want to know yeah well i, I had a reply from their pr guy it's worth reading it out because this, this is an official email from their pr person so we'll take it as read that this is what what it's all about so i, I said to this uh, this person what's the deal with the warranty it looks from your your small print that um like you say, you don't get warranty unless you take out the Connect subscription service. And the reply that I got said, um, currently, if you buy a Remarkable, you get to try it out for you get to try it out and connect for 100 days risk free. With Connect, you get an extended 36 month warranty, and without Connect, you get 12 months warranty. But that doesn't tie in with what their small print says on their website. No. Well, I mean, essentially, their their small print says that we will honour whatever the minimum warranty legislation is where you live yeah so that will vary from place to place but it's still it's just a bit weasley i kind of not i'm not really down with that no and i think that's the biggest problem with this i think um when i first got the remarkable i asked um on the youtube community page i said what what do you want to know about it and most of the replies were is it still so expensive? Is it this? And I hadn't known much about Remarkable before. I knew it existed, but I didn't know much about it before I got one, got one in my hands. And um, so I didn't know anything about its kind of um, it, the kind of feelings that people had about it in the marketplace. And it is one of those things where they've just it's priced out of, uh, out of most people's consideration, um, and it's pissed a lot of people off because of these these kind of things. You know, the warranty, the the Connect service, the fact that the Connect service is so stringent. You know, if you don't have the Connect service, you can't sync your notes to Dropbox, for instance, which I don't think is asking much, really. You well, it, get, it gets it gets more, even more complicated than that. So if you try to access your data that's stored on your device via any means other than their official app, you void your warranty. And there are lots of third-party tools which allow you to interact with your notes in ways that simply aren't offered by the official app. So, because you can you can effectively mount it as a web dav drive. It's got an HTTP you know interface, um, and so there are third party tools, loads of them, where people have got very specific needs that they you know want to be able to take notes on a periodic basis or whatever their requirement is that the official app doesn't allow you to. So the official app is great as long as all you want to do is have a copy of all of your notes synced all of the time between your remarkable tablet and your pc if you want to do anything beyond that it doesn't really it's not there so yeah people really love their remarkables for all the reasons that you've outlined and even the people that are happy to pay for the sync subscription are also slightly unhappy that they don't have sort of free unfair fettered access to their own notes on their very expensive device that they paid for and are also paying a subscription for so within their terms and conditions if you access the data on that device via any means other than their official app you void your warranty and they reserve the right to cancel your account 
which doesn't make any sense, does it? It's it's ridiculously mean, mean spirited. It goes against everything about you know delighting the customer and putting the customer first. And and I think I mentioned this a little while ago. I think on on um, might be on, be on Discord or Twitter or something that. Remarkable feels like one of these companies that they're absolutely frightened stiff of giving anything away, of doing anything that might slightly dent their profit margin. or And as a result of that, they've narrowed down their audience way too far. And, and there is, there's a bunch of people out there who, like you say, who love it. And I've seen comments from those people I've, you know, on, on, the, on Medium. Um, I had a guy yesterday, he commented and said, look, I, I feel like I'm in that narrow audience. A 75-year-old guy, I think ex-doctor or something, um issues with his eyesight and stuff and he said it, it's just the perfect device for him and that's great i think that's wonderful but thinking as a, as a business you know for, for from remarkable remarkable's perspective why would you narrow your audience that far through through doing all this sort of stuff which doesn't make sense is pointlessly mean um and goes against pretty much every other manufacturer in terms of what they would do and going right back to the start of this review process i asked when i asked for the review unit they said straight away look we'll send you one but we're not happy about you comparing it against an ipad mini and i said well you the people that are going to buy your tablet or thinking about buying it are going to do exactly that because the pricing puts it in that bracket so what, oh, yeah. why why would you get a remarkable two if you can get an ipad mini plus not you know an apple pencil and, and, and a paper like screen, uh, screen protector for roughly the okay, a bit more, but you're getting so much more for your money when you do that. Did you answer that? Why? 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 Oh well, because of the just the the, the writing experience is second to none. If you want the best digital note taking experience on the planet, the remarkable is it. Yeah, which is true, actually, completely true. But there's a very very small audience for that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah so and unfortunately, I might have been part of that audience, and I was interested. And then I looked at their terms and conditions, and I was like, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really down with that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I will not be getting one. It's a shame, but um, I will review it on the channel. It is going to appear on the channel at some stage. So, because I'm still using it, that, that, that's the ir- ir- the irony of this um, is that I've been using it every day because I, I enjoy using it so much. Um, but yeah, yeah. Stay will you be paying channel. for the subscription when your hundred days are up? Well, they've given me it for a year, I think, for, for review purposes. I think it is. I, I don't know. Um, for, just for you know, obviously for review purposes, but. They might regret that when I post this, the video, who knows. Uh, right, moving on. Um, uh, we've got a note here about universal control. So I have set up finally a beta test station in the corner of the studio. Um, I did that. I used universal control for about two minutes before I had to jump onto a call, and I've not done it since. <laughs> I've not used it since. Um, I've got big plans with that. I think once my diary starts freeing up a little bit, I'm going to do a lot more beta stuff. Um, but just very quickly, I mean, uh, have you used universal control? Have you tried it out? No, not yet. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for the official release, which which shouldn't be too far away. It now. should be quite soon, I think, shouldn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I spent two minutes with it, and it was just immediately, it was like, wow. <laughs> um, again, I'd seen lots of people talking about it, both on Discord and um, certain other other reviewers, kind of uh, kind of shown what it what it's capable of. But it's one of those things. Until you start using it yourself, you don't quite appreciate just how obvious it is and how clever it is, um, and it does just work. You know, I know two minutes isn't very long, but that that mm. kind of illustrates how good a job they've done with it. Really, um, yeah, I've, I've only seen and heard positive things about it. Yeah, but if you you imagine that same principle of of you know just it not really becoming clear why you need this until you use it, I think you'll have a similar a similar light bulb moment 
when Apple show you their their augmented reality thing that they've been working on. They've been sitting on it until it's right. I hope and so. When they unveil it, it's uh, yeah, it'll open a lot of people's eyes. I hope. Me too. Well, Universal Control has got that. Trust me. When, yeah. when everyone gets their hands on it, it's just it, it, and it will be so useful for someone like me who does want to use multiple screens, but quite often finds it a bit of a faff to do so. Um, even with things like Sidecar, you've still got to get it working. I've had issues with that in the past. Whereas this, you just put your iPad next to your Mac and you move your trackpad across to the, to the iPad and it, the cursor appears on there. And it's just so, it's just such an, like I say, an obvious feature. Um, but very, very clever the way they've done it. So I'm, I'm going to play more with it, like I say, when I've got a bit more time. But yeah, first impressions are, are very, very good. Um, as we're running out of time, Rob, um, we've been talking about all my my side of things. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that you've listed here in, in your world. What's the one thing you want to talk about before we go? My keyboard situation, because that's that's what I use the most. I'm obviously at my computer for several hours a day. So I've traditionally used a Microsoft Sculpt ergonomic keyboard and mouse, you know, the sort of ergonomic bendy keyboard. Um, as Microsoft do this set called the Sculpt, and it's it uses its own dongle, its own RF dongle, which means that it's rock solid. You don't have any Bluetooth issues because it's not using Bluetooth. The downside is that both the keyboard and mouse are paired at the factory to that dongle for you know security reasons. Um, so it's all encrypted. And uh, so if you lose the dongle, well, then you're, you're stuffed. Also, if your mouse button breaks, as mine has done, after eight years of service, wow. my left mouse click has, has died. Uh, I can't just buy another mouse. I would have to run two dongles. One for the keyboard that I already own, one for the mouse. So I'd have to buy a whole new set, even though my my eight-year-old Microsoft Sculpt keyboard with its user-replaceable batteries. That's your favourite thing ever, isn't it? That's my favourite thing ever. So I would have to buy a whole new set, and it's about 80 quid. And I'm thinking, well, if I've got to spend 80 quid, why, why don't I try something new? And I, but I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's out there. Mm. So I mean, the other keyboards that I have available at my disposal are, uh, I've got Apple Magic Keyboard, which I don't love. Um, I've got a Logitech Craft, which I can only use wired because the non-user serviceable battery doesn't hold a charge anymore. But it's a beautiful keyboard. Um, and it's got a number pad, which is very useful. So, yeah, where you, you're a big fan of the mechanical keyboards and everyone keeps going on about mechanical keyboards. And back in the day, I used to use a mechanical keyboard because that's all you had. Yeah was a mechanical keyboard so i do miss so i yeah i didn't i didn't like the transition to the sort of uh scissor switch chiclet style keys but i kind of got used to it now um but yeah i do remember when i was a staunch mechanical keyboard guy we used to have you know like a cherry keyboard and all that sort of stuff so um i don't know what's out there i don't know what's out there i had a brief look and i stumbled across the ergo docs which is like a, a mechanical ergonomic keyboard. And they've recently introduced a new model called the Moonlander, which looks completely bonkers. Yeah. Um, but they're like two or 300 quid. So that's quite a lot of money for a punt. It is for something which looks like you say, it looks really interesting, but it could be terrible, couldn't it as well? It could be a, a real yeah. letdown. So, so I'm in two minds about that. So at the moment... Um, I'm using my keyboard as usual, and then I've got a Logitech dongle, and I'm using a G703 mouse. And the reason I'm using, I, I quite enjoy this because I mean, I also have a. You've got an MX Master, haven't you? I've got an MX Master. 
You can't beat an MX Master. So I got an MX Master. Got a G seven hundred three. Uh, I got various other. I got Apple Magic Mouse. Again, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the, the Apple keyboards and mice. No. I used to love the old. Uh, you know, the white one with the, the sort of acrylic outline. Mm, yeah. I that used to love that on my G four Mac Mini. But anyway, yeah. So, I've, so I've, I'm living the the double wireless dongle life at the moment, which is kind of. Well. Kind of rubbish. But this thing's quite good. So this gives me old Microsoft IntelliMouse vibes. It does look Microsoft a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I used to have one. Yeah, I used to have it. Nice. I like that. Do you not think? Yeah, I do like it. You see it's got that kind of... Beep, beep, beep. Little bulgy bit. Yeah. Because you can get some really some really aggressive looking Logitech mice. And it's all it's all well and good. But actually, this, this is just... It feels really nice in the hand, the G703. And it's got their fancy light speed low latency um wireless connection and it's got like the super duper this has got the same sensor as a mouse that costs twice as much that's all you need it just hasn't got all the all the lights and like you say the aggressive look of all those sort of gaming yeah mice. but it's uh, it charges via micro usb oh dear Painful. which i don't understand because there are various logitech accessories that charge via USB-C, like, like the Craft, the Logitech Craft keyboard, which has been superseded by the MX keys. But that's that charges via USB-C. And then, so, I mean, I looked at the, you know, sort of in the similar range to this G mouse, they, Logitech do a mechanical keyboard, and it comes with various switch options. You can have like a, a linear, tactile, clicky switch options. Um, but that, that charges with micro USB as well. I've just kind of got a policy that I'm not... If if I have to buy a device that's got a non user serviceable battery, it's got to charge via USB C. That's just kind of a principle. Has someone left Apple and gone to work at Logitech who was behind Lightning and is ve- <laughs> vehemently opposed to USB C? All all this to say, right, this is all leading me on to the Logitech Pop. Have you seen the Logitech Pop keyboard? No, I haven't. Have you put it in the This notes? is a keyboard that I don't feel is aimed at us middle aged chaps. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Rob. <laughs> however i'm really digging it for two reasons one you can put normal batteries in it, it takes two triple a's oh well wow. two it's got cool circular keys yeah you know, so it's got like a retro typewriter vibe so i'm quite i think i might i might get involved with that i mean it's not ergonomic like i'm used to because i do like my ergonomic keyboard but uh, yeah if i'm going to do a sort of desktop peripheral refresh Let's uh, let's try something wacky. What do you think? It's also got sort of emoji keys on the right hand side, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, those are bizarre. I'm not sure what that's all about. Yeah, yeah. you've got like hot swappable emoji keys, dedicated emoji keys for that, some reason. That could be quite handy though. If that works with Mac OS, that there's, I mean, think about how many times you use emojis. No. Just hit a little button. I like the look of that. That looks really cool. Which um, which colour scheme? Uh, they've got different ones. Up. Okay, yeah. So there's the one I'm looking at is the yellow and kind of yeah, black version. Yeah, sort of bumblebee style. That's the one. I think the other two, there's a, there's a kind of, uh, it's not really red, is it? It's like a kind of more of a pink type colour, I think. And then there's a kind of very sort of garish, yellowy kind of purple, white type mm. thing, isn't there? I think the, personally, I think the black and yellow, the bumblebee one looks pretty pretty nice. Um, yeah, I think that's the one I would go for. I'd go for one. I like that. That looks really good. It's it's tough with keyboards. I mean, I, I've um, I've been using mechanical keyboards since whenever it was, 2020, I think it was. So not a very long time at all. Uh, and I'm not really a, I don't know much about me- mechanical keyboards. Um, 
I, I just know that they feel nice and they feel very retro and they're just nice to type on. Um, but there's so many different versions. There's so many different versions of the, of the switches, the, the keys themselves, all sorts of things. You know, the keyboard bed and people mod them and do all sorts of clever stuff to them. So I'm not in that bracket at all. Um, yeah. Now, that's why I haven't got involved because I know what I'm like, and if I start, I'll get it'll, it'll be a rabbit. It's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down because I will just spend the rest of my life tinkering, and I haven't got time to do that anymore. I just I'll just buy one as it comes and use it as is, and it'll be fine. Um, so yeah, Logitech Pop. I like that's, that. That's uh, that's on my my uh, maybe's list at the moment. Hmm, I might look at that. My my favorite is still the Iquinix. I never know how to pronounce their. A company name i think it's iquinix um the f96 which mm. um i've only got it because ali abdal had it and i obviously i'm slightly in love with him but um it's at the minute it's attached to the mac mini um, so i don't use it a huge amount but if i'm in if i'm in the studio if i'm using the mac mini for writing it's it, it's just the best keyboard i've got um but again it's not cheap it's about 250 dollars i think or something like that um it's a lot of money it's very well made you get a lot for your money with it i think um, but then below that, obviously, you've got uh, Keychron. I don't know if you've looked at Keychron. They're kind of K2, K3s, etc. Uh, I've got a K2, I think, um, on the, the kind of main editing desk at the minute. And like that, that's a nice keyboard as well. But um, I don't know. It's, it, it's, 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 it's just a, like you say, it's a rabbit hole. And if you're the sort mm. of person that can kind of fall down rabbit holes and start tinkering, you'll never get any work done. Yeah, no, I don't... I don't what i want i think is a logitech mechanical keyboard that charges via USB-C. because the good thing about the logitech stuff is that if you've got one dongle it, it will talk to all of your if you've got a logitech dongle it will talk to all of your um your logitech devices so is there they call they call them unifying receivers so that's why i'm quite keen to stick with uh with logitech if i can um and whilst the logitech pop doesn't charge via usb because it hasn't got a battery in it you just use normal batteries that's kind of the closest thing i can find at the moment yeah and yeah and then as, as for the mouse situation we'll see i'm just going to use this g703 for now um but it just annoys me that it charges via via micro usb and i know yes. i could get an mx master 3 but i've got an mx master 2 so i don't know there's not enough of a difference because the, the, the MX Master 3 does charge via USB-C, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's got a re- I don't, I'm not sure what the MX2 is like, but the, the 3, is. it just lasts forever. Very rarely have to charge it. Um, I love that mouse. That's my favourite favorite mouse I've got. In fact, it's, uh, well, I suppose apart from the, the Magic Mouse, which we all know my feelings on that, you know, the mouse that you have to charge upside down. Um, it's Yeah, the MX Master 3 is great for all sorts of reasons. Um Cool. Well, I think I want a full report. If you get the pop keys, I think we have, we we better go into that in detail on the next the next episode. I think it looks cool, right? I think it looks great. Now, I'm tempted yeah. to get one actually. I'm genuinely. Te- it's that sort of thing. Thinking selfishly that you can have in the background on B roll, and people will, will always say, "What what keyboard's that?" Mm. There's certain things that always well, do. They that. do a matching mouse. There's a pop mouse, which I'm not just so hot that. on. It looks a bit too small. Yeah. I mean, I don't have I don't have massive hands particularly i've got quite i've got like long et fingers but yeah no, I, th- I think that mouse looks too small i'd be I'd, I'd have to use it like you know with a claw grip it would i think that would be uncomfortable that wouldn't work would it at all i suppose the keyboard could be terrible as well but at least it looks pretty cool yeah I, it, it looks badass yeah definitely get one you get one first and i'll get one afterwards i promise all right <laughs> a bit like the xbox fridge 
<laughs> I'm still waiting for but, um, I think we're done Rob aren't we and yeah. uh, we somehow got through this without the dog barking which I thought he was going to do I'm not sure where he is he's in this room somewhere he's gone very quiet which is either a really good sign or a terrible sign yeah, suspiciously quiet Suspicious. what's he eaten yeah. what's he chewing on currently what's he yeah what's disappeared and what was he left on the floor I'll go and find out right anyway catch you next time cheers right see ya